back to us instead of the world just taken. And I just give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Spirit Aware with Pastor Greg. Good evening, Lake Church. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited to share some things that the Lord has just uh, laid on my heart that's uh, absolutely fresh and um, excited about it, although it may be painful. I believe that it'll be beneficial to us. Amen. So um, <clears throat> I hope that you'll let me teach you tonight and, um, uh, you know, and take my time and let's uh, get a hold of these concepts because the truth will make us free. Amen. The truth will make us free. So hopefully I won't get too excited and just kind of stay on an even keel where we can get through this stuff because I've got information that uh, will change your life. I guarantee you right tonight, you can walk out of here transformed and changed. I mean, right tonight. Okay. How many have been dealing with fatigue? How many have been feeling tired all the time? These are things that have kind of uh, been developing, you know, in our nation, you know, for over the last couple of years. If you go back to it, you can kind of sense that it's been since about 2020 that we began to see some, you know, irregularity in, in our energy patterns and things of that nature. Can anybody attest to that? Um, so the Lord has given me what I believe is the answer because many times we believe that it's just physical. We think, well, you know, we're not getting enough rest. Uh, our schedule is too hectic, but you were meant to run at a high rate. Uh, you were designed to run at a high rate. And there are physical issues, you know, bad eating habits, you know, not getting exercise. I understand all of that. But we need to understand that when it comes to sickness and disease, that we're dealing with spirits. Uh, we have to deal with the curse of the law spiritually. Amen. And uh, you can actually be a health nut and uh, exercise and still die young. You can still get sickness and disease even if you eat vegan because sickness is a spiritual entity. And if you don't get a hold of that, then you won't really find the root. You'll pick fruit, but you'll never get to the root. And so what we are endeavoring to do is, is to help you uh, because the enemy's plan is to uh, keep you from becoming who God has called you to be, to get you off course and to make you go in an opposite direction than where you're supposed to go, um, to cause you to lose out on any rewards you might ever get, you know, by serving the Lord, and inevitably, you know, uh, keep you from the Lord and give you a destiny of being without God. That's, that's the whole goal. And, um, you know, we've kind of complicated that and made it a little bit harder 
to understand that it really is. But um, it's in the details, guys. It's in the details. The devil is in the details. And so we're going to endeavor to talk about something that I wasn't able to cover because we kind of ran out of time. So this is an addendum, you know, to the Spirit Aware series. I believe it's uh, lesson number 16. So it's, it's been a while. And it's been nine months since we did Spirit Aware. So I can't believe it's been that, that long. But uh, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to take my time. And um, basically what we're going to be talking about, and it's going to sound weird right off the bat, but just hang with me. We're going to talk about the psychic vampire. Okay, that's pretty intriguing, is it not? It is intriguing. There are entities in this life that are in unison and in companion with people in your life that are sucking the life out of you. And you suck too. Hello? You're draining yourself dry. And you're draining others. The best way to know a vampire is to realize that you are a vampire <laughs> if you're not operating according to the word. So we've got to understand what this is. And we've got to understand how when we walk through life, there are seasons in which we just feel drained. And many of us are looking at schedules and we're looking at patterns and we're looking at diet and we're looking at all this stuff and even going to the doctor and getting some pet pills or whatever we need to do or taking vitamins and things of that nature. And all those are legitimate, you know, queries. However, I think we're not going to the source and we get relief for a season, but then we find ourselves back in that same routine where we find ourselves fatigued. My thesis statement is that your tiredness and your lethargy, your lackadaisical attitude and procrastination the fatigue that you've been feeling, it could be physical in the sense that you might need to eat right, might need to exercise. But I think what we need to look at tonight is we need to look at the spiritual ramifications. It may be the people you're hanging around. Oh, this is going to go good. Amen. Okay. So when I'm talking about people, remember the Bible teaches, and we're going to read from the scripture, that people are really not our problem. And they're never really our problem, even though in the flesh we think they are. It is what is motivating and guiding their life and associating with them that cause the disruption, the pain, and the fatigue. And we've got to learn to be able to spot them. So my goal tonight is to give you a pair of glasses 
that will show you the energy vampires that are robbing from you and taking away your energy. And it may be that your reflection does not reflect on the mirror. And we've got to be able to see that as well. Come on now. Amen. So we're going to take our time. If that's all right, we'll be out about 10 o'clock. No, I'm just kidding. Now I'm going to set the foundation and then next week we're going to continue on it. But let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to start with verse number 10. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, or as the King James says, wiles of the devil. Notice it does not say that we are to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the power of the devil. Okay, that's very important for you to know because he's been rendered powerless. So his ability is not in an overwhelming power, but it is in deception and game playing. He likes to play mind games with you, okay? A lot of fatigue comes with thinking patterns. And the enemy wants to get you in certain thinking patterns that fatigue your life and cause you to be, to live at a constant state of unrest. Okay, let's go on and read. For we do not wrestle. I'd like to put the period there. Because that would be a good promise of God. We don't wrestle. That's not true, is it? It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So people aren't your problem. That person that's irritating you is really not your problem. You need to realize that there's a spiritual source that is causing that person to gossip about you, to slander you, um, to treat you poorly, to, you know, overlook you. So we know how to deal with the spiritual entities. And many times we take it out on the physical entity and the physical entity isn't the problem. And that goes for marriage as well. Amen. We want to put a face to it. We want to grab a hold of something physical when really what's attacking us and what's causing fatigue in our lives is not physical at all. Something's draining our life. Something's keeping us from feeling vibrant and alive. Have you ever been around people that just zap the life out of you? I mean, you need to take a nap after you go to lunch with them. Hello, that's spiritual, friends. Now get a hold of this because I want to show you in the scripture. All strength comes from the realm of the spirit. All strength. Your body does not have strength on its own. Your body cannot animate itself on its own. When God breathed the breath of lives in Genesis chapter three, verse number seven, into Adam and made him a living soul. That's when the ability to animate 
and the strength to operate in the body and the strength of the body was brought in to the temple, which is our body. Now, there's two examples of this. How many believe Samson was in the Bible? Anybody? Samson wasn't a big old muscular man because it totally goes against the biblical narrative that God uses the weak things to confound the wise or the you know, weak things to confound the strong. So he wasn't some big buff looking Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of guy. He was probably just a normal old guy just like you and I. And that's what made the miracle so miraculous. See, God has to get the glory. And if someone's got big old buffed out muscles and stuff and is lifting up gates, in the human mind, we might think, well, they may be able to do that. But if you've got a scrawny little old, you know, five foot six Jewish man that's doing that stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, surely God is, you know, do you see what I'm saying? That's just the way God works. And we've got to stop seeing things the way the world sees them. His strength came from the Lord. See what I'm saying? It was an anointing that would come on him and he would operate in great feats of strength. But then we get over to Mark chapter five and we're introduced to the demoniac of Gadara. And this demon possessed man is able to break bonds and be be able to break chains. And, And how did he do that? He did it through demon power. You see, so strength comes from the realm of the spirit. Are you with me tonight? So that means that strength is also depleted in the realm of the spirit. There's tiredness and fatigue that you cannot uh, get over with bed rest. How many know that? There's a tiredness that staying home all week in the bed ain't going to solve anything. How many ever went home, got in bed, eight straight hours uninterrupted, and you wake up tired? There's things that are doing this. Now, when we did Spirit Aware before, I told you about the Amalekites. And uh, when it comes to understanding how demon spirits work, you just need to look in the Old Testament at the enemies of Israel. Because the enemies of Israel were actually puppets of the demonic world. They actually used these people to be able to form armies against the people of God and be able to, you know, oppress them and, you know, fight against them and, and, and do all kinds of things. So when we look at the Amalekites, which are basically a type of demon spirits, they would always attack the rear of a group of people uh, in the sense they would attack the, 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 the backward ranks, the, the uh, children and the elderly and those that were not able to defend themselves. They would always attack the weakest point of the convoy. And that's what demons do. Okay? Also, the word Amalekite or the word Amalek means to lick the blood. Okay? Now listen. That's a type and a shadow of what we're looking at here today. 
Because what does Leviticus 17 tell us? That the life of the flesh is in what? The blood. So if you have a malak being to lick the blood, that means that demon spirits come to take strength from you. Okay? All right, this is going over good. All right. Let's read some more here. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. All right? So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against these entities. These entities oppose us at every hand, and they use their demonic ground forces to bring affliction to your life so that you can be uh, diminished in your ability to resist breakdown in your physical body and in your mind. Okay? All right? Now, let's look at uh, Luke chapter 10. We're just going to cover our bases here. Luke chapter 10. You know, that, that scripture on its own may seem scary to you. Of course, if you've been coming here any time, you're well acquainted with this and you're not scared of it. Amen? You respect it, but you're not afraid of it. Amen? Because Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends the disciples out two by two, you know, to preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out what? Demons. Cast out demons. That's always been the ministry of Jesus. There's some churches that don't have that as a part. You know, their, their mission statement is go into all the world and give every person a tract. Hello. No, we're to bring the kingdom. Amen. We're ambassadors of a kingdom. We bring the kingdom. And that's what he told his disciples to do. Bring the kingdom to wherever you're at. He says, every house, put your blessing upon it. If they don't receive you, take your blessing away. Come on now. That's pretty, that, that, that's not in any manual that I've ever seen in any denominational church. He's talking about spiritual things. Majority of the church world is very ignorant about spiritual things. So they come back in verse number 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. Notice this, in your name. Demons are never subject to you. They're subject to the name of Jesus and who you represent. Amen? You cannot stand toe-to-toe with a demon. You are not equipped to do that, let alone fallen angels, which a lot of people, they're trying to do that. No, listen. You are called to take care of the ground forces of the kingdom of darkness, 
which is demon spirits. But you do it in the power of the name of Jesus. You don't do it in your own power. You're not going to outwit them. You're not going to outfight them. You're not going to outscream them. You're not going to outmaneuver them. You need to stand in who you are in Christ Jesus and operate from that place. They try to lure you off that place. They try to get to play games with you. You begin to do that. All of a sudden, you're going to find yourself at a sad disadvantage. But thank God, the blood of Jesus restores. Amen? So he says this, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he says, Behold. And you know, when, when you look, see the word behold, in the Greek it said, it, it, Jesus is excited. Jesus is excited. I mean, it's almost like he, he's doing a jig. In fact, you know, if you look at the Greek, it's actually, he is very excited. He's just saying, behold. I mean, he's not, it's not behold. It's behold. He's excited. He says, I want you to see this. I want you to know this. This is good news. He says, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, which are type of demonic spirits. We don't get physical snakes and dance around with them. You know, we don't get scorpions and lay them out on the floor and, and try to walk through them. It does, it's not talking about physical snakes and physical scorpions. These are all metaphors of demon spirits. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. So when we read Ephesians 6, 12, and we see that we are wrestling and that we will wrestle, we need to go into the wrestling with this. We have authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. Is that part of your confession daily? Is that something you're speaking over your life? See, these are vital. These are important for us to get a hold of because there's an invisible world out there. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, and that's the only two kingdoms there are. And they're manifesting through the lives of people. And you have to understand that, that we can't be against people because people are just simply doorways or imagers of whatever realm they're in league with. So sons of Adam, those that are not born again, who have the nature of the devil, are going to exhibit demonic presence and manifestation. They are going to be led about by these spirits because they have no spiritual source in them to resist them. There are also believers who have not renewed their mind, who continue to live carnal lives, that spiritually they're alive unto God, but their soul is dirty. And their body is, you know, open up to demonic oppression and habitation. It's not that they're possessed because the Bible never talks about possession. 
Possession is not a biblical term. Demonization is the biblical term. And it just simply means being under the influence of a spirit. Now, I don't know if you've lived very long on this earth, but all of us have had times in which we've been influenced by a spirit. On your way home or on your way to church, you might have been influenced by the spirit to say something catty to your spouse or to say something. Come on now. You might have flipped somebody off today. I don't know what you might have done. But we have the flesh that we deal with, but then we also have entities that seek to influence our expression in the flesh in directives to so. Oh, I, I, I tell you, I'm getting too deep in here. What demons want to do is they want to alter your seed. Now, what do I mean by seed? I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know, what you think I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> I'm talking about seed. Your life is seed time and harvest. You operate in seed time and harvest. A man's life is built upon the things that he sows. So we sow and then we reap and we sow and then we reap and we sow and then we reap. Okay? That's how God's justice works out in the world is through seed time and harvest. The enemy works within the ramifications of seed time and harvest and if you continue to sow to the flesh, he's going to make darn sure you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. How many want more of that? Yes. See, what the demons want to do is they want you to sow specific seed. Seeds of dis, um, disunity, discord, hate, offense. Yeah. See, because everything's a seed. Your actions are seed. Your words are seed. The intents of your heart are a seed. So what he desires to do is he desires to influence your planting. Are you getting this? He wants to, he wants to determine what seeds are going to manifest in your life. See, the great thing about the new birth is this, is that you got a seed change when you got born again. Amen. You're, not, you're not sowing out of the law of sin and death, which is seed time and harvest. The law of sin and death is seed time and harvest. But you've been tra you're now under the new law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's also seed time and harvest. Okay, it all operates the same. All right? Are you, is this making sense to you? Yes. So what they want to do is they want to manipulate you and control you to where you begin to say, for instance, you know, they want to destroy your marriage. Well, they'll begin to do their work, put thoughts and things in your mind to get you to be insecure about the relationship. And all of a sudden you start talking stuff. And you'll start talking, well, you know, and then you get in a fight and you start saying, I want a divorce. Well, that's a seed. 
Oh, uh, you don't want to hear this. That's a seed that goes out there. That's the reason why you need to learn to guard your mouth. Be born again and pray in tongues. Because that's the right seed. So you're saying stuff like divorce or you're cheating on me. I saw the way you were looking at him, uh, you know, and you're, you're, and, and that's what they want to do because they know they can get a harvest from that. See, that's the reason why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, it says, God's in heaven, you're on earth. Therefore, let your words be what? Many? Few. Absolutely few. That's why the book of Proverbs says this, death and life are in the power of the what? Power of the tongue. Okay, so why? Because it's seed time and harvest. If you say something stupid, you may not get struck by lightning right then. But there's a harvest coming. There's a harvest coming. And, uh, you know, it, it, and, and see, what you need to understand is that angels are referred to as reapers in the Bible. Reapers. Okay. So what angels do to help the heirs of salvation is they go and get your harvest and bring it to you. So if you sow certain things into the righteousness and joy and peace and, you know, you're, you know then they receive that harvest for you because it's, 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 it's spiritual. So it has to be received that way. And they bring it to you. Well, guess what? Fallen angels bring the bad harvest to you. And in fact, if you go back to the book of Job, where you begin to see Job meeting with a council of angels and bad ones were there. Oh, you don't want to hear, you don't want to hear this. Bad ones were there. Why were they there? Why was Satan there when they were talking about Job and talking about the situation? Because he's coming to get the harvest. Oh my, you got to get a hold of this stuff. People are wondering, why am I fatigued? Why am I always having a rough time? Why does it seem like God's not working in my life? Why am I not getting breakthrough? I'm telling you, it's not on God's end. I said, it's not on God's end. God's not withholding from you. He gave you Jesus the best that he had. There is opposition to you appropriating that, my friend. And while you have been given authority over all the power of the enemy, you still have to deal. With them messing in your life by deceiving you into cooperating and operating in behaviors that are counterintuitive to your nature to enslave you with the very goodness that God has given you. Think about that. See, the enemy can't make anything new. He comes into God's systems. He twists them and perverts them. He gets what God has done for you and perverts it to where it doesn't work for you. It works against you. He takes the nat your natural ability to operate as a son of God and he gets it to work in reverse. 
And actually, he's not enslaving you. You are. Boy, this is coming out pretty good. Oh, I got a lot. I got a lot. How long you got? So <clears throat> you create the prison. You, you know, put the chain together. You fasten the stocks. You clink the cuffs. He gets you to cooperate with your own destruction. Because he doesn't care if you go to heaven. He just wants you out of here. No matter to him. You know, he's going to be like, uh, what was that guy? Uh, Oh, goodness gracious. He was in the Cowboys. It's uh, Bill Brocious in uh, Tombstone, you know. You get out, bye. That's all he's going to do. He don't care. He don't care if you go to heaven. He just wants you out of the game. Because you being on the field threatens him. Because he knows God can use you. God can do something miraculous and use you. He knows that. At any moment, at any time, God can change it. He knows it. So getting you out is just one less person to worry about. And he'll neutralize you. You don't have to be six foot on the ground to be neutralized, to be dead. He can get you in a sophisticated captivity where you just kind of think you're just doing everything. You're just living your life and you're going nowhere. You're doing nothing. There's no impact. There's no impartation. There's no, no progress. Now, this is getting good. Amen. All right. Okay. So, let's look at Matthew chapter 12. Are you getting anything out of this? Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 40. It says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person. This is the number one fear of a demon spirit. Homelessness. See, demon spirits are disembodied spirits, unclean spirits. They're disembodied spirits. That means they had physical bodies and they were able to interact in the physical world. In fact, if you want to get technical about it and get theological about it, they are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, which was a hybrid being created by angels and women. When the flood of Noah came, before that flood... God pronounced judgment on the Nephilim and had them kill one another. Okay? And the fallen angels that uh, produced this hybrid were watched, had to watch their, their offspring kill one another. And then they were reserved into judgment in Tartarus. Okay? Where they are at today. So they are disembodied. So they enjoyed the appetites and the desires of the flesh. And that's the reason why when we see demonic possession, or not possession, but demonization, 
we begin to see people begin to act in excessive ways concerning carnal appetites. Now listen, your flesh is bad enough. We don't need to undermine and, and, and just think that everything's a demon because it's not true. Your flesh will take you places you never thought possible. You will think things you never thought you would ever think. Your flesh will do things and imagine things that will turn your skin white if it's let loose. If you just let the carnal appetites go free, I'm telling you, you will find yourself in some place you never want to be. Can anybody testify to that? It can, it can happen to anybody. In fact, your flesh is not, it's redeemed. The purchase price has been paid, but yet it has not been transformed. When you got born again, your flesh didn't change. Your spirit changed. Your inner man. So we have territory that is clearly in the realm of darkness, which is our flesh, this world. And we have territory that is totally dedicated to heaven, which is our spirit. And there's contested territory between those two realms, which is your soul. And so the goal is, is to allow what God has done in our spirit to begin to overtake our soul so that the body becomes a instrument of righteousness instead of an instrument of unrighteousness. So it's the difference between living inside out or living outside in. When I live outside in, I suppress my spirit. It becomes a governor that begins to dictate the flow and the portion of divine life. Are you with me? In my physical world. Okay. But when I am spirit minded, as the Bible says in Romans chapter eight, when I'm spiritually minded, life and peace emanate into my physical realm. But when I'm carnal minded, I have death. And death isn't just cessation. Death is qualitative. It's a type of life. Do you understand that? See, you were spiritually dead before Christ. So that means that you were separated from the source of life, but you still operated psychically and physically. You just weren't in tune spiritually with the source of life. You were still a spirit because your spirit, apart from God, will leave your body and go into the abode of the dead, hell. So you have a real man on the inside of you but that real man before Christ is not in union with Christ. Therefore, it operates in the realm of spiritual death, which is a causative and a qualitative state of living. Okay? 
when Christ came in, you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness, which is where that old man resided, and you are brought into the kingdom of the son of his love. So Jesus actually comes in and he makes alive your spirit and comes to indwell in you to where Jesus himself is actually living and abiding in you. However, he is insulated. His full expression is not going to be seen until territory in the soul, oh, I hope you're getting this, territory in the soul is taken and occupied that allows the flow of that life into your physical realm. And that's the reason why carnal, carnal Christians are the most miserable people in the world. Because they have a ticket to heaven and they got hell on earth. Because they're not allowing divine life to be to flow through them. And that's not just a decision. I decide that divine life will flow through me. That's not going to do it. Amen. You've got to be a disciple. You've got to get into that Bible. You've got to seek the face of God. You've got to put your flesh under. How do I put my flesh under? I put my flesh under through um, putting it in positions to where it has to become an obedient servant rather than a master. And the more that I do that, then the more divine life can come through because your flesh mutes the divine life that's on the inside of you. And it not only will mute it, but it will also be antagonistic towards it. Yeah. Are you thinking? Because it's the truth. Divine life is on the inside of you. But guess what? There are obstacles put in your path. One of them, one of the main ones, is that body that you're in. And that carnal mind that you've got. And that's really the one thing that you have the ability to control in some sense because you can control your input of the Word of God. You can control your input of, of, of projection through praise and worship and develop yourself spiritually. That's on you. No pastor is going to do that for you. No church is going to do that for you. Well, if I could just go to this church and be under this pastor, then I would have a bet. No, that ain't true at all. That's not true at all. In fact, it's not the job of a pastor to live your spiritual life for you. Hello. Selah. Amen. Okay. All right. So it says, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house. Notice what it says. It doesn't say I'll return to my man or my woman. It calls it a house. 
He calls you a house. I don't know that that's a compliment. All right? He says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when it, notice Jesus uses the very impersonal it. He doesn't say he or she or they. He says it. And that's really what a demon spirit is. It's an it. Okay? So it's not necessarily the reason why we're having a lot of gender issues is because demon spirits are its. And so they come in and they begin to influence a person to begin to think that they're this or that. What they're trying to do is, is because they desire to be housed in flesh, is because they cannot partake of carnal things unless they're in a body. Okay? So that's the reason why you have people that are given to drink your flesh is given to drink on its own. Your flesh is given to, you know, um, cherry cheesecake. Hello. You eat a cherry cheesecake on Sunday night about 5 o'clock, about 5 o'clock on Monday, you're going to be thinking about cherry cheesecake. Why? Because your flesh is that way. You smoke a big cigar, two o'clock on Sunday afternoon, hopefully not after going to this church, <laughs> your body's going to want that same cigar. You surf the internet and look at this particular porn site, you do about two hours of it, then all of a sudden the next... You're going to be drawn. Why? Your flesh, your flesh, your flesh. That's why the flesh has to be continuously brought under subjection. Amen? But then, <clears throat> there are times in which it's not just the flesh. Because I've learned this long, long ago, and I hope that you um, have gotten a hold of this that any routine or any addictive action means you got a buddy. You can't see them. Can't smell them. But they're there. And they're energizing that interaction with that computer or that interaction with that substance. And it goes from, oh, maybe once in a while, you know, feeling kind of like you got control of it, you know, just messing with it when you want to mess with it. You know, that's really the lure to being driven and all of a sudden you're driven. You, do you understand where I'm at? I need to stop here in a minute. No, I got eight minutes. Right. So you start getting driven. And it's not fun anymore. You, you start, it starts being fatiguing to you. 
and the shame and the guilt begins to build up, you know, as you begin to think about this stuff. But, but you begin to feel driven and driven to it. And it's, as your blood pressure changes, your, 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 your attitude changes, your, you know, the way you look at it begins. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're under the influence of something that is not you. But you are fooled into thinking that it's, it's your desires. And what they desire is to experience, oh, please hear me, is to experience that lust or experience that buzz or experience that th- through you. And they don't just like to do it alone. They like to have buddies. And they kind of, you know, you have to understand that demons operate in packs. They come in groupings. Okay? And so, you know, this pack is the unforgiveness pack. You know, bitterness, anger, you know, this little package. You know, if you go down to Walmart and you could buy them in packs, you'd have, you know, the, the unforgiveness pack, the wrath pack, you know, the lying pack and, and the, the pornographic pack, the sex pack, you know, you'd have these various packs because they run together, you know, just like back, you know, if you go to areas of a city, you will see that gangs begin to operate and run. That is just a mirror image of what's going on spiritually. Okay? So you've got to understand that the spiritual world is far greater and more immense than the puny world we're in here. This is really just a speck in a larger spectrum of, of God's kingdom, God's, you know, um, dominion. Okay. So something that came to me today as I was meditating is that if the demon spirits are the sons of the fallen angels, then that means this that their life and operation mirrors ours. So just as you and I in our fallen state seek to be religious, because that's really what man tries to do when they're fallen, is they seek to find some salvation other than the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so they become religious. Could it be, now this is just a, you know, a theory, but could it be that the demon spirits seek to appease their fathers in the second heaven? And, oh, that, I, I tell you, that, that gets all over me right there. I, I don't know about you, but, but, you know, because to be able to do what they do, and to continue the flow of innocent blood on behalf of their gods. Oh, 
See, this, this, is, this is deep stuff. But, but, but see, their control of you, what's the motivation? Is it just hatefulness towards you? I don't think so. I think they're appeasing their gods. Because that's the greatest motivator. There's hierarchy in the kingdom of darkness. Did you know that? There's absolute hierarchy. And demons are the lowest of the hierarchy. They're the ground troops. They are not fallen angels. There's a difference between a fallen angel and a demon. I think it's amazing that in Greek uh, culture and in Greek so-called mythology that many of the gods in Greek and Roman culture and also in Sumerian culture and Egyptian culture are named after addictive behaviors. Is that not? I mean, we get narcissism from the god narcissists or the demigod narcissists. We not only have a name of a demigod, but we have a story. Oh, yeah. And over and over and over again, it plays out that way. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Don't look at me so strange. I'm trying to, I'm working through this myself. Amen? Okay. So what they seek to do is, is, is we need to understand that um, there are spirits of infirmity. Okay? Now, every unclean spirit is infirmed. Because they're cursed. And they're unclean. So when they attach themselves to us, they're bringing who they are into our flesh and into our mind. They seek to become one with you, just like a parasite. You got a few more minutes? You all right? Yeah. You're a tripartite being. Your spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. Yeah. All three of these dimensions have immunity systems. Okay? The way the things of the spirit work is that when we desire to see something in the natural realm, it always starts first in the spirit. If you want to see healing in your body, it's got to start first here. It's not going to start first here. It's going to start here, and it's going to work itself out. The same is true in the demonic realm. They seek to, although to a born-again believer, they cannot access the human spirit of a born-again believer. You are sealed with the Holy Ghost. There's no way. They can't take your heart. 
Okay? But they can oppress your mind. And through that oppression of mind can begin to get access and license to your physical body. So the woman in Luke 13 that's bowed over, you know, she's got a severe case of rheumatoid arthritis and contorted and bent over. Notice what Jesus said. That she had a spirit of infirmity. That this was not just the natural course of age. But this was actually a spirit deforming the human body. And that's what demons desire to do. They twist and distort the image of God in you. And so they'll seek to twist your limbs, twist your fingers, twist your back, get you all disproportionate, get you out of whack, because they really get their kicks out of marring the image of God. So Jesus says this, Ought not this woman... Being a daughter of Abraham, being a covenant person of Abraham, meaning being in the family of God, be loosed from this infirmity that Satan has bound her for these 13 years. Notice it didn't God that bound her up. She spoke, he spoke to the spirit of infirmity. And she was immediately made straight and totally restored. Now you talk about that with the, you know, um, the medical profession or anything like that. They'll laugh you to scorn. You even mentioned that certain malady. I'm not saying the devil's in everything. He's in all death. But I'm not saying that if you've got you know, a cough, that, that's a demon. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm, I'm telling you that spirits seek to impede you physically. Yes. They want you to die prematurely. And so they will twist and maim the body and they will begin to try to disintegrate certain aspects of your body but I'm thankful that I have Jehovah Rapha. How about you? And I'm thankful that I've been given all authority over all the power. And one of those powers is sickness and disease. Okay. So let me give you a little preview before we go any further. They, they have certain immunity systems. And the goal is, is, is they want to suppress your, your spiritual ability to release the life of God into your life. You can be a carrier of the life of God and not experience it. You can have Christ in you, the hope of glory, and never be acquainted with the reality of him operating in your physical life. There's a lot of people that are going to heaven even today that are going, oh, you mean I could have done that? You mean that's what I could have done? You mean that's really what that was about? I have determined, and I'm not there yet. I have determined I'm not going to have a dough moment in heaven. 
Amen. I probably won't make it. I probably will have a dull moment. But, but I'm setting my face to learn all I can. Amen. So what are we going to endeavor to talk about next week? We're going to be talking about psychic vampires. These are people uh, that are carrying and they just have a certain aura about them. And it's not just negative people. You have to understand that in order to weaken those immunity systems, that there is a very clear procedure and process to weakening the various immunity systems that you have. The goal of the spirit is, the goal of the unclean spirit is to diminish your ability to access and release the life of God in you. He does it by attacking your mind and getting your mind to muffle the spirit. As the mind is muffled, then the body is open for anything because there's nothing that will hold back the immunity system of the body being diminished to where a sickness and disease can be imparted into the body or some kind of mental illness, okay? So, there is a clear pathway and a clear procedure to, to causing this to happen. And I think it's interesting that we're talking a lot about shots you know, in, in our culture today. You know, we're talking a lot about jabs and shots and things of that nature. Spiritually, the Bible talks about in Ephesians 6 about arrows. How many? Okay. So you, you have arrows. Arrows represent words. How your immunity system in your body is affected in your mind is through words. And what does an energy vampire do? An energy vampire extracts strength from you with their words. And not just any words. The book of Proverbs is filled, and we're going to talk about them next week, is filled with the talebearer, the gossip, the slanderer, the angry man, the liar. Did you know there are people around you that you know they're lying the minute their mouth is moving? And yet you sit around them and you let them talk and you don't say anything. You don't, you know, get out of their presence. And you would walk away from them tired. There are people that will exhaust you by becoming uh, pitiful. And you think you're, you need to help them. You know, they're, they've got to, they get the violin out and, they, you know, they just begin to, you know, and, and you're saying, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I need to help this person playing the violin. Put that bow down, sister. 
put that violin down and let me teach you. And you sat with them day after day after day and after day. And then you get around to the season and they still got the bow. They're still playing it. And they're not fatigued, but you are. There's the meddler, person that gets in people's business, doesn't need to be in it. They'll fatigue you. Now, see, the bad thing about it is, is that we may be actually operating in these behaviors ourselves. And we're actually opening the door for our immunity system to be compromised because we're operating in cursed uh, actions and behaviors. Or we may have a group of people around us that the devil has strategically put around us to keep us. I, I don't know if you've seen the new Matrix. Anybody seen the new Matrix? I'm kind of a geek. Anybody? Anybody seen the new Matrix? You know, they put Neo, they give him a new identity and they put him in the midst of the matrix again and they gave him a new identity and they put people around him strategically to keep him from finding out who he is. That's exactly what this is, guys. There are people that do not want you to discover who you are. They don't know they're doing it. I didn't even get anywhere where I wanted to go. Okay. They will use sympathy. They will bring you into their depression. And the problem is, is that you want to help them. And you know that you got in the word what, what, what will help them. And they act all nice and thank you and give you gifts and, you know, gift cards to, you know, restaurants and sing your praises and stuff. And the whole while they're just seeping and feeding off of you. Hello. They'll come to you and act like, I'll do whatever you want to do. They won't do it. They won't do it at all. They'll continue on their same pathway, but they want to take your time. Some of you got faces of people popping up in your head right now. <laughs> got your time. Oh, I'll do it. Yeah. See them next week. Did you do that? No. I got some questions. Can we meet? And you're wondering why you're tired. Strength comes from the spirit realm. The depletion of strength comes from the spirit realm. Amen. Now I'm not going to pray for anybody tonight. Because I want you to come back next week. (laughs) 
because when we get more specific, then we're going to open it up and we're going to get these things off your life. But I want you to think about one thing. What is licking the blood? Of my life right now. What is taking away the life source? Are there relationships in my life that make me cold towards the things of God? Who's causing me to rise up and be hot towards the things of God? And who's just really just kind of... I'm, listen, the, the, the hard thing about this is, is you're in the world and you're not of it. And that you're called to be an ambassador. You're called to be with people, not away, not away from them. So we not only have to be able to, to see these things, we got to be able to deal with them so that we can continue to minister. Because that's not, the, the, to abandon and, and go off in a corner and be a troglodyte is not the answer. The answer is I need to walk as a new creation in the power of the Spirit and put on the whole armor of God so that I can be effective and that I can understand and know the wiles of the devil and understand when I'm being played. And that's where we want to go. And we will get there. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, we're going to have a wonderful Sunday. I just encourage you to invite friends, family, and stuff. Good things are happening. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. We'll have ministers up here. If you need to be born again, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to be healed, or you need to be delivered. Maybe you can't wait till next week. Well, we've got people up here that will pray with you and agree with you and take dominion over those things that are trying to impede your life. Amen? Praise the Lord. Can we give the God praise? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you, if, if you got something from it, lift your hands and just thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We went in the deep weeds tonight. I'm not bragging or anything, but I don't know that you'd hear this and, you know. We went in the deep. I didn't even scratch in the service, really, but we went pretty deep, all right? So understand that. Understand that there's a world within a world. And it's seeking to come through the veil of your flesh and your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I have authority over all the power of the enemy. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Don't go away scared. Go away encouraged. Amen. Amen? Once you see this stuff, you can't unsee it. Once you recognize stuff, you'll be ready. Amen? Hello? 
Once you catch a thief, yes. he has to repay you seven times. Yes. Amen? Once you catch a thief, once you catch a thief, he has to repay you seven times. Once you catch a thief, he has to repay you. When you find out what's been stealing your energy, you're going to get it back sevenfold. Once you find out what's taking your mental ability, fogginess, right now, fogginess of mind, just feels like London fog. That's an oldie but a goodie. London fog, you know, in your, you, you can, you know, just, just a, a myopia, uh, inability to see. I just, I just come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Clouded thinking. Over-exaggeration. I speak against it right now in the name of Jesus. There's a lot of over-exaggerated thinking in this world. We take everything to the nth degree. We never see anything for... Listen, you've got to understand this. You don't see things as they are. You see things as you are. And if you are under the influence of a spirit, you're going to see the way they want you to see it. So they're always cheating on you. They're always talking behind your back. They're always doing that stuff. And it's not true. Hello, I'm speaking to someone here right now. It's not true. It's not true. It's an air castle. It's an air castle. Some of you have been hurt, hurt in relationships, and you think that every relationship is going to end up bad. It's not true. I said it's not true. I said it's not true. Hello. Some of you have experienced loss, and it's caused you to think about loss in every area of your life. Some of you have given up. A certain chapter is closed in your life and you're just saying, oh, well, I'm just ready to go. In fact, you've said that. You've said that. I'm just ready to go. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Take me now. But the Lord has more for you. The Lord has a whole new life for you. Hello. But the enemy's in there clouding your mind. Clouding your mind, making you think, well, best days of my life are over. Who says? Who says? Hello? It doesn't matter what they call you. It's what you answer to. Hello? Hello? There's people dealing with depression right now in this house, right now. I sense it by the Spirit of the Lord. I sense it. And it's come through loss. It's come through loss. Loss of someone important. And I know certain things about certain people in here, and I'm not trying to fool you by doing being all spooky on you. But I'm just telling you, there's people here, even the ones that I do not know, that have faced severe loss in their life. And they think their life is over. They think it's over. They've so identified with that person and with that life 
that they can't see any other life apart from it. But the Lord wants to encourage you. You're here for a reason. And you may not understand that now. And you may think that that person or that loved one walked out on you. Yeah, they passed away, but you still think, he, they left me. They left me. But the Lord says, you have all you need. You have all you need. You have all you need. So I break that depression right now in the name of Jesus. I break it off of your life right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You're going to have a good night's rest. You're going to have a good night's sleep. You're just going to stop dreaming about stuff that's in the past. This, I break the arrested development. I break the tool of the enemy to keep you where you're at. I break the guilt that you feel for moving on. I break it now in the name of Jesus. Move on. Let it go. They're cheering you on. They're wondering why you're not running. See, they see, they see what's ahead. They're already there. And they're sitting there saying, why are you sitting on your butt? I'm just going to tell you what I'm getting. Why are you sitting on your butt? Why are you just sitting down? Why are you just moaning? and Get up, run, run. You got things to do. Can you hear them? Can you hear them? They're in the grandstands and they're cheering. They say, go, go, go. Yes, girl, you can do it. Yes. That's what I sense in my spirit. I see it so strong right now. I see it so strong. They're in that grandstand, just like you're running in track. Hello? Get up, I hear them. Get up. Move forward. Get up. Move forward. Do what God has called you to do. Fulfill the vision. Fulfill it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I like it when God shows up. How about you? Shoot, that's be the whole reason why we're here. Amen. I know it's not because of me. I mean, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. He's telling you to run. Amen. <laughs> that joy is going to come back. That joy is going to come back. Amen. Praise God. There's lots of, lots of you in here going through this, going through this. It, it doesn't need to be death. It could be just loss of a relationship. The healer's in the house. Don't walk away or walk out of here without getting prayer. Amen. If you need prayer, we're here to pray for you. Amen. So I'm going to dismiss you in the name of the Lord because they'll get mad at me at the kids' place. Amen. All right. God bless you.